0: From the words of Whistle Stop Express... We love our community and appreciate all of our wonderful customers. So check out Whistle Stop Express in Sand Gap, Kentucky. Their hours are Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday and Sunday from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. They have gas, diesel, propane tanks, and propane tank exchanges, automotive products, hydraulic fluid, a line of livestock feed, and pride dog food. They also have tobacco products. If you need a notary republic, They have them there at the Whistle Stop. They have a full breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu served all day. They carry postage stamps and a lot more. So if you're needing anything from the Whistle Stop Express, please give them a call at 965-7613. Again, that's Whistle Stop Express, beautiful Sand Gap, Kentucky. Give them a call at 965-7613.
1: What's up, world? This is Danny coming at you again for another episode of What's Up, World. Uh, today, we've got a couple ladies in the podcast studio today with us. Uh, they're going to talk to us and tell us all about everything that they've got going on. And I want to welcome Miss Linda Isaacs and Sergeant Diane Smith. How y'all doing today?
2: Fine. Diane. How are you doing, Danny?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Uh, so, uh, of course, a lot of people around here know you. You do a lot for the veterans and stuff like that. And, uh cook big meals and everything and uh so just whatever you want to tell us and introduce us to that's fine and just get right into it.
2: Well uh like to say I'm Linda Isaacs uh <coughs> Diane Smith here that's with me. Sergeant Smith is a retired army veteran and uh I've been in the family with them about twenty seven years now mm-hmm. and uh grew to love veterans through Diane and when she was in the military and re enlisted what a lot of people don't know is that when she was eighteen years old she went into the army. hmm uh, she served thirteen years and got out. Wow. And then when she was forty eight, she decided to re enlist.
1: Wow. That's something.
2: <laughs> so she really became a hero to me. Well, um, yeah. you set an example exactly how Appalachian women are, how tough they can be, yeah. resilience they have, and how they persevere. You know, and she really went through a lot of things that a lot of people it'd be hard for them to handle on yeah. a day to day basis anyway, but mm-hmm. to hear her story and stuff. I kind of fell in love with the soldier world, the veteran world. yeah. so uh, through it, we like I say, we sent her care packages when she was in Afghanistan, and she's been home now about almost seven years now. Mm-hmm. yeah, came back to Kentucky. And uh, through that, uh, me and uh, Diane's certainly been on a lot of adventures and stuff, but the thing that we've always had in common is eating.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, I was a chef for the state of Kentucky. I was a bourbon chef. I worked in the Department of Tourism at the Kentucky Artisan Center in Berea, mm-hmm. uh, fed over 300,000 people a year there, Wow. but had quite a following, uh, developed recipes and cakes and pies, and really showed the people around here what it is, to have bourbon in foods besides just drinking it. Yeah. You know, you need to cash in on a billion-dollar industry if not all people can drink it, but you sure can eat with it. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: So after uh, I medically retired probably about four years in 2019, and I just didn't want to give up my love of cooking. Yeah. So I decided that what can we do, we can reach out. So we started working with like When Life Sucks Foundation. Uh, we formerly have worked with a Camp Hero Kentucky and uh, other organizations to help feed veterans as they come through. And we fed veterans all over the US. Yeah. And we've had everything from Secret Service agents to uh, country music singers to actors out of Hollywood come to the house and eat and they just see this country Appalachian woman, mountain woman. Yeah. And they just come expecting to eat and we feed them. We feed them well.
1: Yeah. Now this is, goes on right here in Jackson County, right?
2: Right here in Sangap in Jackson County. Yeah. That's,
1: that's, that's something special right there. That's really great stuff. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people have appreciated that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I have what I call, it was an old she shed that was in the edge of my yard, Mm -hmm. and I had a friend of mine that's moved here from California, and uh, she designed a kitchen for me, so I made it into a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. So now, like last uh, Labor Day, we had 240 veterans at the farm and fed them. Mm -hmm. So hopefully every year that'll be an annual thing we do. We do not charge veterans to eat. Uh, you know that's uh, I wrote a cookbook which is the twisted southern cookbook mm-hmm. and I sell tumblers and that money provides the foods to, for the veterans
1: that's great that's awesome
2: you know, yeah been blessed we've we've never had to ask anybody for anything God always provides
1: Yeah, he does you know? he surely will and you really can never do enough for our military active uh, retired veterans there is you just can't do enough for them they've enlisted knowing that they may not come back and give the ultimate sacrifice and just the bravery of sergeant smith right there we appreciate you and everybody that's involved in the military past present and future that you just can't do enough for them yeah. i think beefy says you know every every person enlisted in the military deserves 40 acres and, and a mule <laughs> that's right. and, and that's even true. way yeah. more than that so
2: that's true yeah. um uh, You know, uh, working with veterans and and seeing, looking at their stories, looking at the histories, the things that they tell you that they went through. Like June is recognized as PTSD month uh, for the Mm -hmm. military. And that's like our church. You know, there's 22 a day. Uh, As we know, uh, those numbers don't go down. They go up. So we need to find ways that we can serve as veterans other than what their health insurance and stuff does, which is not much.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: so uh, I have also teamed with Wind Life Sucks Foundation, which is they have a farm located in Anvil on Smith Road.
1: Okay.
2: Patrick Ellswick is the owner there, and uh, he does a lot of work with veterans all across the U.S. Too. He's stationed out of Anderson, South Carolina. Okay. And one of the things that he's developed there is he developed a center that where veterans can go for psychological needs, Mm -hmm. they can go for medical needs, they can go for housing. And it's the only one of the facilities in the u.s really yes and he is working in in the future when he finishes getting all this setting up because it's in the process now they've got the foundation there they've renovated the building (coughs) they're now building it okay you know the network in it then he's talking about potentially putting one in kentucky
1: oh that's awesome
2: you know and and who knows you you can't tell how long it'll grow i mean it'd be nice to have one in every state
1: oh absolutely that's really unfortunate that there isn't in every state uh just like i said before you can't do enough you really can't do enough so that's unfortunate that there isn't more to offer the veterans and stuff like that but you know uh ladies like yourselves doing what you do people need to need to listen and and uh take advantage of opportunities like this to do things like this it's just great
2: right one of the other things that we've added this year is uh starting doing homeless care packages for veterans uh-huh. and then doing care packages for veterans that we go to the veteran center on cooper drive mm-hmm. i've took kids out of the jrotc <clears throat> program there and they help give out we just have all these bags filled and we give them out to veterans just as they come through the center till we run out
1: yeah that's awesome. You mentioned the uh, twenty-two a day, you know, doing with uh, veteran suicide and stuff like that, and PTSD and everything. I work uh, with a lot of veterans, both active and and retired veterans, and stuff like that, and they deal with a lot of bad bad stuff, a lot of bad issues and everything. And of course, they're more often than not medicated and everything. And, 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 Rightfully so, they have to be in some sort of way, you know, to to deal with and cope with the things that they've been through. So, uh, yeah, I know I have somewhat of an idea working with these people. What you're talking about, it's a really unfortunate thing, but uh, also kind of part of it, you know, unfortunately.
2: Right. Right. You know, media is good at showing people what the fantasy about being a soldier is, Mm -hmm. or being a veteran is. That's they make it look like it romanticize it. But in reality, uh, when you talk to people that's been out on the ground, like uh, one of the retired uh, Marines that works with my husband, he uh, was out in the desert for 30 days at a time. Wow. You know, and he talks about temperatures being 120 degrees. Mm -hmm. We don't even fathom that.
1: No, you can't understand it.
2: You know, and um, just seeing the things that they see, uh, seeing the death that they see, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't come across that in our a a day-to-day lives no you don't Uh, not even really with our military first responders that's not typically something they see every day and then not in quantities that they see it in yeah and then when you're a soldier you're programmed to whatever's happening is happening you do what you're told when you're told how you're told you carry out that mission and you have to take part of that mindset out of that you being a person and you become that soldier. Yeah. And that's what the medias took out of it. Yeah. You know, they they romantic say, well, yes, we can do the red, white, and blue. We can show the flag. But they don't see the trenches, the dirt digging, the carrying through the crawling, the sweat, mm-hmm. the tears, the crying. Yeah. You know, like Diane, when she was in Afghanistan, she... Uh, was stationed in what this little box
3: like container (laughs) explain that to him diane how Uh, you told us about that um well i was fortunate a lot of people just lived in um in huge tent uh, tent cities but i was in a they had built uh, something that was temporary but had been built like 10 years ago it's a plywood box essentially um and they partitioned it off like my room my square was smaller than this uh space or here where your table is wow it was i could lay down on the platform that was built up for the bed put mm-hmm. my arms and reach from wall to wall and it was just long enough for me to lay flat to straight out
1: yeah and for reference the space she's mentioned <laughs> here is a four by six table
3: yeah so so it was thankfully i'm only like five foot six so i had plenty. Yeah. so i was wasn't too long for the bed but uh, uh, you know, just the, what it is every day, day in and day out. But I think one of the things that you know that that Linda tapped into and we talked about, you know, uh, along the way, is uh, uh, every military person I've ever met, every soldier, sailor, marine, whatever they are, we all like to eat. Yeah. We love good food. Yeah. And and Linda, I I will say this about her. I've eaten food all over the world. I've been to some world class restaurants. And she can hold her own with anybody. Mm -hmm. And to have her willing to do this, cook the food, make all this for people at at no cost and just say, come and eat, bring your family, bring bring your friends. And so when the the, um, military guys gather uh, at her house and Uh just eat, uh, and she always talks about how no matter where we're from, we all just sit down we stuff our faces and we enjoy ourselves and we kind of let down and relax For a while Yeah. and in that brotherhood That brotherhood and sisterhood of being A, a veteran uh, We all share it mm-hmm. and then it gives The when we're at in her house And her presence is a safe place to do That yeah and those are, are Rare places for us All right one thing soldiers All share military people share in common Is we love to eat and we love Good food and And um, I personally blame Linda for the twenty pounds I gained since I got out of the army. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, she cooks almost every day, and I uh-huh. eat every leftover that's offered. So, so just wonderful, good food, but also too just that that um, comfort food and comfort area that you have here, where mm-hmm. we can just gather together and just be who you are and be in the com- comfort and brotherhood and sisterhood of other veterans. So, yeah. But Linda's made she's shown them some of the. Um, more unique things and one of my favorite things, and I'll let you tell her about one of the favorite meals she makes for the, the vets that come from in the other areas.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, with working with Wind Life Sucks Foundation, they have
2: often brought a lot of people from what we call the northeast coast, you know, around uh, Delaware, New York, Boston. In places like that. And of course, people in the north typically never have southern food. Yeah. Uh, we had one little guy from Delaware, he'd never had chicken and dumplings.
1: Oh, my Lord. And he made sure <laughs> the a <crime>. that, <laughs> Every
2: opportunity he could come help when Life, when life Sex Foundation in Anvil, hmm. he would come. So, and he would message me and say, I'm coming. Can you fix chicken and dumplings? And yeah. of course, yeah. whatever they asked for. And then one of the recipes that's in this cookbook. Uh, Rick Atkins is the uh, chief of staff for the Congressman of South Carolina. And Rick always messaged me. We talked regularly, and he'd say, Well, can you make this recipe? Uh, I want something with bourbon, peanut butter, and chocolate. So I designed him a pie.
1: Bourbon, peanut butter, and chocolate? Yes. Oh, my lord.
2: <laughs> Died gone to heaven.
1: Oh, my lord. Yeah. So uh,
2: I designed him a recipe, a pie, and it's in this cookbook. It's oh called my Rick God. Atkins' Pie. And, and stuff like that, but anything they want, anything they think outside the box, yeah. I always create.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I had one little guy come up from South Carolina, Matt Green, and he uh, he does podcasts too. Uh-huh. And I can't think of the name of his whiskey, whiskey and, and whitetails. whitetails. That's
1: it. <laughs> oh yeah, you told me about <laughs> yeah, that whiskey podcast. And I follow yes. them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he yeah. he said one time they come up and there was a bunch of them in the kitchen, and I was going to try to make Rick a pie to take back with him. Yeah. Well, I said I didn't have a lot of time, so I said I'll just throw one of them wicks pie crust in the oven and just pre-cook it. Well, I put it in there and it just messed up, and I said. Can't do that. Yeah. So I just busted out the flour and the lard, and I started making a pie crust from scratch. And Matt's over here watching me, like, "What is she doing?" Yeah. And stuff. And then next thing, <laughs> no, before they left, they had a he had a pie done, and I had it wrapped up for him to take with him. And one of the podcasts that he done, he was talking about. He said, "There's this little mountain Appalachian woman, and she comes out, and she's cooking for us, and we're gonna take a pie back and." she doesn't like the pie crust she has so she just busts out the flour and there she goes and next thing we know she's made a pie yeah,
1: yeah. But oh,
2: yeah that's just part of it
1: that's amazing though because I have no <laughs> – I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I know what goes into making anything like that. I'd probably burn the house down. <laughs> but uh, And you can. my wife would vouch for that. But that's really something to be able to just start cooking something on a whim mm-hmm. and make something so good because right. I know it's good. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, oh, I haven't yes. tried it, but I guarantee it's really good. It's good. I, I that's that's impressive. You. Yeah. It really is. N-
2: next time uh, we come back, mm-hmm. we will bring a pie and we'll talk about – cooking with bourbon specific you mm-hmm. talk and i'll eat <laughs> we'll that. That, yeah, that's why i'm along
3: I, yeah, yeah. I will work for food literally <laughs> and for home cooking oh and yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, and one of the other things that uh, all across the country we've had people from california everywhere that's come to the house that they've not had is chocolate gravy mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know and i was raised making a chocolate gravy in a cast iron skillet with milk and hershey's cocoa well rick's mother yeah. makes it entirely different and she makes the best chocolate gravy you could ever eat this oh, morning wow. we had it this morning we went to our house <laughs> and had breakfast me and rick and uh diane and we just had breakfast with his parents yeah you, you should know, have called me wanna get out. i was
1: hungry this morning <laughs> uh,
2: but uh, a lot of times when they come into these camps these uh, uh veterans come into the camps when they get done you know they usually go and eat or, or mm. they'll go to they'll come here and eat and then they go to bed at night. Well, what they do is they get out of their dish stands and they call me and they want me to cook on breakfast. Wow. That. So here I go again, You know, 9 o'clock at night, and they'd have chocolate gravy and biscuits and bacon and sausage and eggs. And then they would sit out there on my back deck after they had ate all this stuff. And then Rick, the one from South Carolina, mm-hmm. he has brought his wife and his son and stuff like just to come eat that chocolate gravy.
1: I'd say it's worth it. (laughs) I'd really say it's worth it. That's great. Uh, I love to eat, too. And they ain't nothing better, in my opinion, than Southern home cooking. Mm -hmm. They just ain't. It doesn't get any better. And You know, uh, uh, Sergeant Smith, I want to ask you a question. Being in the military for as long as you was, Mm I know the MREs and stuff like that. Is that pretty much what the food is like when you're enlisted, like in active duty and when stuff? When you
3: um, you only eat that sort of stuff when you're in the field, and okay. uh, when you're when you're doing it in the field for training, and, uh, and then when you're on deployment, uh, the people and and I'm fortunate. I was not one of the people that spent a lot of any time outside the wire. I was always in, inside one of the fobs inside a compound. Okay. So we would get um, um, we would get hot meals and regular food but if you went outside you took the you always ate mre's the guys that were like they, that gone got into in country in uh, iraq and afghanistan early on or did um a lot of missions outside they yeah. live on those they live okay. on those for so they might be up for a month or however long they're gonna be doing whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they come in and so we were kind of at the place where um and, and that was in Bagram Airfield. So everybody all my all my veteran buddies out there, go ahead and make fun of me. It's okay. You won't hurt my feelings. Yeah. I was in, you know, in the nice comfortable place uh-huh. and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. So, um but yeah, that's that's a regular something you eat regularly, but only when you're doing a lot and do a lot of training. Yeah. But just going back to when Linda was saying about um, the day-to-day life. One of the things too with deployments, you know, you, everybody sees the movies and they see uh, what happens condensed down into an uh, two hour, two-hour event. Uh-oh. What happens for people when they are are, are um, out and, and and I have a I limited. I mean, I, I did a tour in Afghanistan, but I have buddies that you know did Iraq, Afghanistan, and multiple. So by no means do I mean to speak for them, but just to say that the type of um, you can't be deployed and it not change you
1: yeah
3: it's a major life event absolutely so major life events change you mm-hmm. so um that's just that's just part of it um and then <clears throat> talking about you know ptsd and that sort of thing for people to understand that that's not um anything they need to fear yeah that it's it's part of a reality for a lot of folks and uh too and and i was the um one of the army instructors at the high school here in jackson county and just, in fact, I just finished up my last school year. But we had kids talk to us about um, when we got to elementary school kids. And some of them, they were afraid of veterans sometimes or military soldiers because mm-hmm. they thought we all were whacked out crazy from PTSD. Right, I'm like, right. we might be crazy, but we're not that. We're not dangerous, yeah, scary, yeah. crazy. Yeah. So um, uh, just for, you know, for people to be aware of that. And so and Linda has a real, you know, place in her heart for veterans, I think, because... Um, just you know, hearing some of the stories and stuff yeah. back and forth, and seeing me the before I went and after I came back. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
1: So now uh, I want to ask this: <laughs> when sure. when you're like, mm-hmm. I've heard MREs are ca- actually pretty tasty. Not, they're not
3: bad at all. You yeah. can heat them up, and you can mix stuff in them. Throw some yeah. hot sauce; it's all good.
1: Now, you, when you compare an MRE to say. Uh, a home-cooked meal by Linda, and you talk about the camaraderie <laughs> and the coming together and the letting down your guard mm-hmm. and the, the the peacefulness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Can you, like, kind of elaborate just on how important that is to somebody that's lived the life of, of, a, of a military personnel and sure. stuff and kind mm-hmm. of just touch on that a little bit, how important that is?
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> for... Uh, you know, I did like like Linda uh, Linda said initially. I, I did uh, from 1977 to 1991, and got out after Desert Storm. Huh. I spent almost 17 years in in the real world, and uh, got the opportunity to go back in when I was 48. And uh, Linda, when I told Linda, was like when I told my family, and they had no idea I was trying to do this thing and, and I'm one of the oldest people and it's really unusual to be able to do that because I had all the prior service and, yeah. and just a bunch of circumstances that all came together but Linda's like you're having a nervous you're having a midlife crisis she yeah. said get a sports car take a cruise <laughs> don't a worry car. don't join the army <laughs> yeah. what is wrong with you yeah. well uh-huh. the, the military and their infinite wisdom did not make me take a psyche vow. they made me do a whole lot of other tests but not that right. so I got in yeah. and then uh, that, but when you're in the military, and then you know the deployments and just all of that. <clears throat> military people, and you spent time around military people. You know, yeah. we kind of stay on a lot. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean aware, aware. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and sometimes a lot of folks. One of the things with PTSD is hyper vigilance You can't shut that off. Yeah. Uh, so when we get together or you're doing different things, one of the things is always something you look forward to, no matter where you are and what you're doing training, deployment, whatever, a meal, you sit down, and that's your time to relax a little let down the guard a little So when you come to a place or you're with a group, uh, and like when we were saying we're sitting when Linda's done a meal, and and she just goes all out. I mean, if she knows you like something or these guys are coming in, it's there and it's done. And uh, (laughs) just to sit down and let – Let down your um, defenses and just relax and just hang out with one another and tell stories We all tell we all tell your it's your story your life, whatever you want to make it uh, And just be a part of that and one of the things military people we crave is that camaraderie Because we miss that after we leave. Yeah, and so Mm. then we have those opportunities get a couple vets together They may never have seen one another or whatever. We have shared um, shared stories Mm shared experiences so having that here and for the veterans in this county in this community and for someone to offer that to them yeah even if they've been out forever and an eternity they're still a veteran they still have that story And they still have that need to share. And then Linda offers that when she does those meals for them. Mm -hmm. And that's such a gift and a blessing.
1: Absolutely it is. That's why I think people like Linda and and these meals that she cooks and and the get-togethers is so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you agree that the more often things like this happens for our military, the better their their mental state would be their health and outlook on life i would i would think that that would make a big difference on someone
3: and just like we you know she mentioned 22 day and we talk (coughs) about that uh the they initially had published some statistics trying to say that that number had dropped well when they readjusted what they truly were the accurate numbers it in fact has gone up not down um i don't know a military person who doesn't know someone that they lost through um, yeah. through taking their own life, yeah. and, and what a tragedy that is. And Absolutely, it so, is. You know, we we had battle buddies, and we were required to check on one another when we were in, when we were in it, mm-hmm. and then we would get out, and then we don't have that. Yeah. So so anything like that is, is in. so the more people and the more things like that, yeah, that's the better, the better it is.
1: That's really uh, the point that that these drove drove into people's heads is that things like linda is doing Mm -hmm. is truly making a difference on people and how a lot of well you're just feeding them that is there's so much more than just the food it's the camaraderie it's the Mm -hmm. the coming down the calmness the peacefulness the 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 banter back and forth Mm -hmm. between even if they are talking about past experiences you know they're talking i I would feel like at a at a more comfortable level Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so that's there's this is all good things to me
2: Uh, what i do is like uh first thing i do is provide them a place of peace yeah you know that's a meal is a small part of it like you say but i've had ones that come they'll be in their tree stand early in the morning they'll decide to get down they'll come and They'll just sit at my kitchen bar and talk to me while mm-hmm. I'm cooking, yeah. you know, or I'm doing something in the kitchen and stuff. And, you know, I never tell their stories. They're not mine to tell. Yeah. But they find it that I'm a place of serenity, a place of peace, a place yeah. of comfort, you know. And it's like I say they know I'm always going to feed them. I'm always going to have <laughs> something there in the kitchen they're always mm. going to eat yeah. if they want. And they know that. Once they're in my, my cell phone or once they've been in my house, they know that they're always welcome there. Mm-hmm. They're welcome to come and stay. It's, it's a place that I want them to always feel that it's a, a just a step away from home. Absolutely. No matter who you are or what you are, that's a step away from home, and you can come to it.
1: Well, I think being an Appalachian,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, pretty much everybody that lives in this region can associate safety, home, love, everything good about sitting around the dinner table and eating Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. when when I think of my mamma, I think of her always having something cooked to eat whether it be (laughs) biscuits and cornbread or bacon or whatever she always had something on the table Mm -hmm. so you know in our Appalachian co in our culture and Appalachian stuff I think that it's very easy to associate love and kindness and heart and home and peace and all that with sitting around the dinner table and just talking, yeah. You know, that, I believe that's a good association.
2: Yeah, I think that that is more to, uh, it's, it's, I, as I get older, I see myself doing just those things like, uh, I know my husband loves watermelon, so I went to the store the other day and bought a watermelon. So I just cut it all up, stuff put in there, so they yeah. have something. And, you know, my 20-year-old will come <laughs> and say, Mom, there's nothing to eat, knowing that there's <laughs> fresh, everything's full. Yeah. So I've not fixed particularly what he wants yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they know, I mean, they pretty much get anything they want at my house. Yeah. I mean, and I do a lot of things from scratch, a lot of things that don't have recipes for, things I just throw it together. And, uh, like I say, I've cooked with a tremendous amount of bourbon, mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of bourbon. Yeah. My favorite bourbon that I cook with, with is Buffalo Trace. I tell everybody, barber. that's a uh, ladies' bourbon. They also recognized me for my work with veterans and stuff like that, which was really surprising. I had no idea they were going to do that.
1: That's amazing, too. You know, Buffalo Trace is uh, awarded one of the best tasting bourbons Mm -hmm. or the best tasting bourbon like so many years in a row.
2: Mm I might be nice, but that's what I'm my go-to is. But yeah. you know, but I also use uh, things like Four Roses, Woodford Reserve, too, for it depends on what I'm cooking. If it's meats, then it's typically bourbons that have more of that oak taste to it, more yeah. of what we're, that woodsy taste that we're looking for. If I'm doing desserts, salad dresses, and things like mm. that, then it's more of the buffalo trace. I always tell people buffalo trace is a ladies' bourbon. If I'm yeah. teaching ladies about drinking bourbon, then it's about having that sweet taste and what you're getting out of it and then when you cook with it what you're bringing out of it yeah and stuff like that but i mean i have uh i found just uh romanticism of bourbon and cooking with it in the history um Mm -hmm. you know uh kentucky's billion dollar industry in bourbon you've got to do something with it besides just drink with it yeah so uh cooking became the natural thing for me and my son elijah he says mom bourbon don't go on that and i go well it does now yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and he says if
2: you ever put bourbon in eggs i'm done and i said well i think i can do it in deviled eggs <laughs> so oh that's yeah just so but that's yes. amazing yeah so i mean you can do it put it in anything you just yeah. have to be creative and then i've also went to the culinary class at the high school here and show children how to think outside the box uh you know uh, for example like i told them i said uh, you can take a cake mix from the dollar store save a lot. Walmart. I said, take that basic <clears throat> cake mix. I said, it's going to tell you you need water, oil, and eggs. Uh-huh. I said, well, you can take one of those eggs out, put mayonnaise in it.
3: Okay. I said,
2: and instead of putting water in there, put uh, sweet tea in it, put fruit juice in it. And I, what I wanted to do is teach them to think outside the box—that you don't always have to follow those rules in cooking. Yeah. They're not likely to be able to make a cake from scratch <clears throat> with, like, you know. Uh, bacon powder, baking soda and salt and stuff but they can take a cake mix and change it Okay. you know and I taught them how to make American buttercream icing which I make a bourbon buttercream myself too oh lord <laughs> you so, starving
1: so, me to death I'm
3: just going to tell you that buttercream too is the best
1: I guarantee oh, it is it's so good that's that's something, Almighty. Oh,
3: yeah, I should have
2: thought about bringing you something to That's yeah, we'll fine. You'll
1: be back.
3: Don't <laughs> worry. we'll be back, <laughs> no yes, yeah, You'll we'll be be back many, time many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but put your request in. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. We
2: really do uh, try to do things to <clears throat> educate the the community and help our community. You know. We had the whistle stop years ago in 2009 when we purchased it, sold it in 2015 to Lynn and and Paul. Mm -hmm. But one of the things then was always about community service to people. You know, you got to give back to your community. Absolutely. And then also, like I say, now my passion is really taking care of our veterans and doing for them. Uh, I've teamed up also now with Eric Hubbard with uh, Backwoods Appalachia. I'm going to be doing the Subaru event with them, feeding them for four days in Uh July. And then he's got a bunch coming in in August. I'm going to feed them, and what we do is uh, we just let them donate whatever they want to. Yeah. And because that, as long as it covers the food cost, you know, then whatever's extra that goes to providing food for my veterans. Yeah. You know, That's or, great. or the care packages because the care packages the way we do them we have a homeless veterans package and then we have a just a central care package which yep. is for people that come in and out of the centers in Lexington. But a homeless care package has to be something totally different. Yeah, You have to have something that they can carry, like in a backpack. Uh-huh. It has to be something light. Yeah. You have to have a blanket for them because It may be hot, but it may be cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we do have the essential items like toothbrush, toothpaste, yogurt, things like that. But one of the things that we do add in them now is that we add the meal pouches that you get, like hiking meal pouches Uh that you get, where they can just go into a homeless, or a homeless person can go into a convenience store, get hot water out of the coffee machine, and have a hot meal. And we put a fork in there, a bowl and a cup, because we want to give them something that they can carry on their backs but the basic essentials in it yeah you know we put gloves in their socks underwear whatever it is that they need in that package
1: and stuff like that is so essential Mm -hmm. Uh, so essential Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's that's awesome that you're making it so accessible yet small and stores and being able to put it all in one bag and stuff you know because obviously they need their hands you know and arms right. to be, to do their job and everything so yeah that's very ingenious
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i always carry like i've got one in my my bronco right now yeah uh i carry one with me to make sure if i see somebody i can pop it out to them i've been down in mm-hmm. knoxville tennessee and seen people say here take <coughs> this take this because uh People need to know that there's people that have hope and faith in them, Mm -hmm. no matter where they're at at the stages in their lives, and that a kindness goes a long way. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, it does. It absolutely does.
2: uh, sometimes, I'm not where I can fix them a hot meal, but I can give them something that makes their life a little bit better that day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, those people have, have sacrificed so much, you know, just by signing up inherently sacrificing from that for that moment forward you know uh there i know i've said this a hundred times but we just can't do enough you just really can't you know uh you know you mentioned eric hubbard and Backroads of appalachia what's up world has actually teamed up with him and and uh americorps vista to do some things and uh i'm really excited about that and uh Looking forward to working with both of those people, both of those, uh, you know, Americorps Vista and Eric Huber and stuff, because Eric's bringing in some big, some big things. He, I, I don't want to say too much about it, but uh, you know, it's economic growth and development through motorsports, and uh, he, he, he's the man to get it done. I really do think.
2: Yeah, and he's also a veteran. He, he, he is a veteran. So, absolutely I mean, is. Uh, and i've i'd heard about him and i just happened to run into him at the gas station
1: oh yeah you Uh, know
2: and he gave me one of the little coins and stuff and we just we've just hooked up since then but it's a blessing to see somebody with the kind of passion and drive that you have, and the want to good do good and help others, but also help the community around you.
1: Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh,
2: and, and I call mountain people Appalachian people and stuff like that. They're very unique people, individuals themselves. They're mm-hmm. different from Southerners. They're different Westerners. Yeah, and, and things like that. They're more uh to me unique mountain people are very unique people mm-hmm. um they either love you or hate you that's, that's true <laughs> yeah. that that's true, true. <laughs> but i mean if they, they like you, the they'll give you <laughs> if they like you they'll give you anything that they they've got you know yeah. but um they are just unique people that make up this area but also are very smart they're very intelligent <laughs> Mm -hmm. there's more wealth than you think there is in this area you'd
1: never know it no but there (laughs) There is it's It's. here
2: and there's a lot of large families and and stuff around but i mean when the going gets rough they're there with you
1: yeah they absolutely are. they're
2: there with you you know and 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 neighbors do really look after neighbors now even Mm -hmm. in this day and time they still do that you know so i mean we're going to still try to keep doing what we're doing uh hopefully labor day this year it'll be on the channel 9 advertised Uh, we'll be doing the uh the big fish fry for the veterans which is free uh, Mm -hmm. and everything and everybody seems to love it we just pack in what we can whoever wants to come bring a chair sit down uh last year we had jason bowman's group come and Mm -hmm. sing so uh we'll work on it more this year and see who we can get lined up uh and everything and just kind of Remember those that served us. Take care of those that served us. Yeah. Let them know that they're important. And it's also a great way to connect a young generation with the older generation. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and not have that <laughs> age gap that you've got. And, and let them learn the old stories, the stories that people don't tell anymore, you know, all yeah. the Appalachian stories and stuff. You know, my father-in-law is 92 years old, and one of the things that I've always loved is listen to his stories. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing right up around San Gap knowing all the history of my mother-in-law and then them talking about them courting is always, <laughs> yeah. that's always There's no better stories like, to no, be heard it's like the best no, Memo and Pop no. Pop story yeah. And so that uh, you need to to sit back and listen to these people and learn about them and uh, learn about the old veterans that, you know, from Vietnam, World War Two, and all those like that that uh, really think they're forgotten now but they're not
1: That's so sad too That's yeah. so sad because Everybody that knows me knows that I am a huge supporter of our military, law enforcement, all that stuff. Uh, it's one of the saddest things in the world to think that that they are forgotten.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Chokes me up just yeah. to think about it. Yeah.
2: yeah well the the how we keep them alive is reaching out to them touch them like you know i know a, a few that are around the area and stuff and when i'm going to do something i always go to them personally and say come and eat this is what yeah. we're having this house i want you to come and eat and yeah. stuff like that <clears throat> and i just treat them like they're my brothers or sisters yeah. You know, I treat them like they're my family. And, and one of my I even call him brother. You know, I said, we're both from dysfunctional families, so we might as well be brothers <laughs> yeah, and
1: sisters. Yeah, yeah.
3: You, know, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I said, it really is not about blood. Yeah. But, well, uh, if there's
1: anything in the future that, that we can do here with this podcast, you just let me know. We'll we'll do whatever we can to do, uh, whatever we can do to, to help the cause. Because, I mean, there's no better thing to do, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Well, what we'll do is maybe we'll try to get together again before Labor Day. Yeah, before
1: any events you've got, you that. just message me. I'll give you my phone number, so I ain't got to worry about Facebook. I know you ain't big on Facebook. I'm not either. <laughs> so I'll give you my personal number, and anything, anytime you've got something coming up, you just let me know. We'll, yeah. we'll make the time.
2: Yeah, and then one thing I did do is I brought... <clears throat> a cookbook yeah
1: she's gonna go crazy over there you
2: know? and it's got a lot of bourbon recipes and stuff in it yeah. and everything of course she has any questions she can always call me herself and okay. things like that but i just kind of want to show about what i did so they can reach out for others and let like mm-hmm. say i don't make anything off that all that money goes to help the veterans now and how I'm can they
1: our... get a hold of the cookbook
2: well we have uh three oaks farm.org which you can get it there or uh, people, I do have Messenger. I don't have Facebook, but I do have Messenger now, and they can always contact me there or call me. Our phone number's in the book. Okay. You know, or anything like that. Uh, we will be working to see if uh, about putting it out in different areas. Uh, I'll talk to Eric about maybe putting it up at the Welcome Center, you know. yeah mm-hmm. Freedom Ridge? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Freedom Ridge. I'm just not – Really big on advertising myself. I feel like wherever God leads me is what I'll do. Well, He'll provide for me and He'll show me a way.
1: You can't go wrong that way. You know.
2: And I've sold them at festivals and stuff like that, but uh, it's it's hard for me. I can talk in this small room with you all, but it's hard for me to talk in a big crowd. Oh, it is you me know? too.
1: It is me yeah. too. I went to the community center building uh, down here in McKee for the tourism meeting and it was the room was packed mm-hmm. that's actually where i met hubbard or uh, eric hubbard down there and uh, they went around the room asking everybody to stand up and say a little something and i was like oh my god and i started sweating bullets <laughs> but here i'm fine yeah, you know right. it's kind of controlled chaos in here i guess mm-hmm. but yeah the cookbook patsy's gonna really get a kick out of that she likes to cook patsy's a really good cook
2: yeah. Well, good. I may have to have her out to help me sometime. Uh,
1: She'd be glad to volunteer. I know she would uh, come out there and help you cook. I know she would.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, and and that's biggest thing is is just getting volunteers when we have a, a crowd in. Like, you know, my son's is good to help. My husband's good to help. Diane's good to help. You know, our family will pitch in and things like that. And, and I've raised my sons. You have to do community service. You yeah. have to help others. They've always known that that's part of their lives yeah. and that they have to do it long after mom's gone. I said you have to carry on this tradition. Of course, both of them cook. They're both good cooks. Yeah yeah you know but yeah uh we'll come back and and we'll do bigger things next time i'll come i'll bring some food with us mm-hmm. and we'll talk specifically about the foods and cooking with bourbon and uh give you a taste of exactly what we're talking about
1: here yeah okay so tomorrow right
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you <start> <laughs> yeah
1: i will not eat until you come back <laughs> <laughs> Could away. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome stuff. Well, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah,
2: you all have to come out and eat with us because that's another thing, too, is along with working hard, we play hard together. I mean, Diane will tell you, we still, at I'm going to say Mage, uh, we still do water bloom fights in the summertime. We go to the lake together, Mm -hmm. we eat together, uh, and and things like that. We really embrace our family, and that helps us to embrace others. And uh, we don't meet a stranger. Me and Diane's been all Over the place traveling, and mm-hmm. we don't meet strangers. We act like we're the best of it, the best.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're awesome.
2: Appalachian Queens, man. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I love fun. that. I love that. You know? That's great.
2: And we, we always have a good time and stuff and entertain ourselves no matter what situation that we're in and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate you letting us come tonight mm-hmm. and talk about Three Oaks Farms and what we're doing. It's like I say, right here in Jackson County, located in Sand Gap. Mm-hmm. We do have a sign <laughs> at the end of our driveway that tells you it's Three Ox Farms that was established in 1969 which was when uh, Diane and Rick moved to the farm They, his mom uh, mom and dad purchased the farm and uh, come out and see it and, and see Deal. how beautiful it is we live way yes. back off the road um, you know and, and like I said I've got that kitchen I've got picnic tables all around I've got a fire pit and everything and we just really have it so that people can just gather around and eat talk have peace and I mean you don't have to be a veteran just come
1: yeah yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. uh if you need anything out of me when you're doing these you know i'll come i ain't no i ain't much of a cook i can boil water <laughs> <You> but
3: can, <laughs> i can what we wash the dishes and we, can wash, dishes. we can wash dishes We can trash wash the up.
1: Far out of the dish that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah it'll be really clean i'm
3: like give me that pot
1: now can i have <laughs> something to eat yeah <laughs> yeah so if you need me or my wife just holler we'll be there
2: yeah. we'll bring you out when we do one of our crawfish bowls mm-hmm. oh i love crawfish we, I mean, we Lord boil that over a big. <laughs> we do a big, big oblong tub, yeah. one of those old galvanized tubs, yeah. full of like crawfish, shrimp, andouille sausage, corn, potatoes, and stuff. I mean, we do it. We throw the old Lord. bays to it till there ain't no old bays left in the county.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> but Lord. but we eat now when the, our family sits down and eat. I think the last time we did that's in last summer because we used to do a and in the summer. Uh, we had. Out of the, all the whole big table, we had just a little plateful left.
3: Yeah, oh yeah.
2: And wow. everybody was stuffed. But now, w- when I fix, I feed enough people to feed a hundred if there's ten coming.
1: Now I want to ask you a question. You remember like just throwing together a recipe to make somebody something that they requested, right? Can you like? I know probably most women can answer this question. Not to be not to pigeonhole it to women, but I'm just saying there's there's men out there that can cook, obviously. But you are a professional. Can you remember what something tastes like and kind of think of what it would taste like with this to make a new recipe? Yes. Is that how you do that? Yes. yes. you like, well I don't remember putting this in this. I think that'll go good with this. Uh,
2: you, you can uh, one of the ways it's easiest to do that is with fresh herbs. Like, you know, we always go to the store and we buy, like, rosemary or something like that. We throw it in and stuff. But if you have it fresh off your back porch, Mm -hmm. it has a a neat, unique flavor to it, much different than when it's been dried and commercialized. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, even, uh, like, uh, making a barbecue sauce for something. If you say, well, okay, I've made this barbecue sauce, but mm, it needs some bourbon or it needs some honey. Or it needs a little yeah. cayenne pepper in it or something and you know that
1: would bring it to what you mm-hmm. want it to be
2: it'll bring it yeah, yeah. Uh, Diane's been with me plenty of times and I've made stuff and I will say here taste this and and she said it tastes good she said don't suit you does it and I say no <laughs> you know uh, because yeah. it, it does it's just like the other day I made some uh, dried apple pies for my husband uh-huh. and uh, uh, last year me and my mother-in-law dried I think three or four <laughs> bushes of apples mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do that this year but <laughs> anyway uh, you know I cooked all the apples up just how I knew she cooked those apples because yep. I wanted to mimic her mm-hmm. is what I wanted well my son's girlfriend was over at the house helping me and Rick was in and out so I did them just the way I thought Rosie done them mm-hmm. turned them out I told Rick to come down poured them some milk and stuff they had butter and had these pies and then sat down and I ate them and I went that's not Rosie's. Oh, yeah. But they were still good. I just, oh, I'd say I, they yeah. was. They okay. just, weren't, they just to, weren't to her standards yeah. now, is what the, it was. That's right. It, and, and I'm very, very particular. Yeah. I'm very, very particular on what I do. Of all the weddings I've catered, events that I've catered, knock on wood, I've never had a single complaint. I wow. am very particular about what I do. I've always honored my brides and grooms at, at catering events for weddings for them. Uh, guests that I've had and, and stuff like that, I'm particular to make sure that things are perfect for them. But yeah, taste has to be something. Yeah. It's like I say, but I'm always looking for what my mother's is, what his mother's is. Yeah. You know, my mother made the most beautiful loaf of bread I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, growing up, on, I grew up on a dairy farm down in Tennessee, and mom would always take that bread she made it from a starter uh-huh. and she'd turn that bread out and then she'd bake it and she'd flop it out there and she'd rub it in butter because i was raised on a dairy farm so we made our own butter i still make my own butter wow and uh she just we'd eat that hot and i'll tell you my mother's been gone 30 years and i cannot make that bread like she did really? I, it's just stuck in my head i'm always seeing what my mother did it's like yeah. a peach cobbler i'm always trying to mimic what my mother did Mhm. You know, it's like them dried apple pies. Yeah. My husband said, oh, they're good. Abigail said, oh, they're good. But me, they're like, mm, they're not roses.
3: Yeah,
1: they need something. <laughs> they, they need a
2: little Yeah, know. but I mean I, I mean, I try I try the best that I can. I've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Lord knows, uh, back when me and my husband were first dating, and I was really going to impress him, I decided, I was young, I was probably about 27 years old, and I said, I'll make some chicken and dumplings for him. Yeah. Well... I made those chicken dumplings, and Lord have mercy, the dog wouldn't even eat them. Oh, yeah? (laughs) They were horrible. But that's how you learn. When you're young, you got to learn how to do all those things and stuff. But I thought, well, I'll just make (coughs) them. He's he's late. I'll just throw them in the crock pot, and they turned to mush. And I said, no. Yeah. No. So, but you learn trial and error. That's how it is. Uh, tasting things, uh, tasting foods, uh, making them come to life. Uh, Diane's been with me plenty of times in the kitchen when I've done that. And it's not I missed, mean, but I'll know when it's right. Yeah. Just like when yeah. I uh, design an event in a wedding. Like I had one uh, wedding that I catered that was published in a bridal magazine. It, we did... Well, 27 mini appetizers. It took me 66 hours and five people to do it. Gosh almighty. But it was gorgeous, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. Spectacular. But yeah. everything had to be spot on. Yeah. We had five different types of lemonade there just to have. That was all color coordinated down. I
1: didn't know there was five uh, types of lemonade. <laughs> yeah,
2: you make them from scratch, you can do that. Really? Uh, and then that? just yeah. a cheese table with grapes and stuff. <clears> and then uh, all the different... I mean, me and Diane went down to Knoxville hunting for lace for this wedding, just lace dollies, old fashioned dollies and stuff like that, so I can meet the theme and my vision and my and then we'd go out yeah. in the yard and we'd have these long lane tables and I would set everything up to where I think it had to look before mm-hmm. I went.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, and stuff like I spent many hours doing that stuff. Yeah. Like, but it turned out beautiful. But I'm that picky. I'm that picky on well, you need to to feeding somebody and things like that. But I make mistakes. Uh, my cooking is not always spot on. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a classically trained chef. I'm mm-hmm. self-taught. Yeah. Uh, I just do what comes naturally. It's in the heart. I've always entertained people. I grew up with my mom and my stepfather who we always cook for big people and stuff in the summertime and in the falls, do uh-huh. the church and stuff like that. And, and uh, that was just a normal part of my life, and I've incorporated it in it. That's
1: great. You know. That's great. Home cooking is the best cooking in the world to me. It is. It sure is. is.
3: And one of the things that Linda can do is if we go somewhere and she tries something or they've got a specialty dish and she'll have it, and she'll go, I can make that. Yeah. And then she'll come home and do that and then put her own spin on it but she can identify like the different things that are in it and yeah that's that's always like yes oh yeah Uh, that's a winner this is a winner this is good put that in there
2: (laughs) (laughs) my friend nancy just had went back home to california and visited in may and she said linda there's this little deli out there and she said i want to see if you can make this sandwich i said well send me a picture of it Mm -hmm. and uh I said, that's all you do. So what it is, it's just, it's an arson loaf of bread that she has, and they slap it with butter. Uh-huh. And then it's just got like a deli, like ham on it. And I said, that's easy to make. I can make you that. Hmm. So I've got to make her that. But I was talking to you about making my own butter. Well, one of the things that I've done is I have a milk cow. Well, yeah. And a lot of the veterans that have come through just love the idea of having a milk cow Mm -hmm. and the northeasterners are the ones that are known more they'll want to go down there and milk that cow really so yeah (laughs) i'll just take them down there to poor little daisy and just getting she's a good and patient cow yeah but uh you know I'll, I'll show them how to milk and stuff like that and give them kind of the real farm mountain Appalachian oh, yeah. experience you know but one of the things i do is my oldest son zachary is 30 and he loves compound butters mm-hmm. so i'll save the cream up off my cow i've got a, it's a jersey holstein cross cow so i get a pretty amount of cream off of her mm-hmm. and then i will take it and i will set it out the cream out i'll let it come to room temperature And then I put it in my KitchenAid mixer Uh because that's a lot easier than shaking it by a jug how I grew up. Yeah, yeah. And then I make my butter and then I take it and rinse it. You know, which you've got to get your buttermilk off your butter. Okay. So you rinse it out and then I'll put it in a bowl and then I'll add garlic to it, thyme, rosemary, fresh that's out on on my deck. I'll chop that all up and put it in there. And then I make it into butter molds, little like one uh, tablespoon butter molds for him and stuff so that. He just takes home and he'll cook chicken or steak or stuff because he's a bachelor and he just makes those. So, whatever concoction he wants in that compound butter is what I make.
1: Wow that's amazing the time uh, also the time growing all these things uh, you know to put in as ingredients and stuff like that you're super busy yep. <laughs> i can tell you're a very busy lady yes.
2: i think this year we've got what, 46 tomato plants out because yeah. i can too and that's another thing too i've been asked to teach canning classes because that's a lot that's of so things important do. yes and i mean i do it old method I do it like a hot water bath I don't use pressure cookers I do it old I've cooked it out on top of a fire uh-huh. and stuff and can that way I do the hot water bath in the house and I cook on gas I don't use electric to cook on I always cook on gas okay. and uh, you know uh, we've got 17 Blackberry bushes now that's got five different varieties. So I can blackberries strawberries tomatoes We have corn green beans. We've had peas out of the garden potatoes out of the garden stuff already. So I mean I just uh, Try to live as clean as we can my husband uh, will kill a deer for us and we will Mm -hmm. eat all that deer we Everything that a hamburger can go into, yeah, I've put deer in it instead.
1: Oh, deer meat's best. Yeah. Best meat in the world. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love deer meat. I try to go hunting every year to, to harvest one and keep it in my freezer. Uh, it's really
2: good meat. I like yeah, it. I mean, I, <coughs> I've, my son's has grown up on deer spaghetti, deer's lasagna. They've had <laughs> yeah. deer tenderloin, deer steaks. They've had it every way in the world. Deer soups, you know, yeah. all kinds of things like that. But it's just a, a healthier thing, and we've always learned – that you should whatever you kill you need to eat oh absolutely
1: yeah i'm big on that don't don't uh you know being a sportsman means something you know you eat what you kill i'm a big uh big believer in that don't waste anything
2: yeah you got to know how to clean it you need to clean it yourself and you need to be able to eat it absolutely you know and things like that so yeah we i cook all kinds of things uh matter of fact i've got to uh, cook squirrel dumplings when the season comes back in because. My friend from California wants to try squirrel.
1: Squirrel dumplings.
0: They're
2: good. They're good. I don't know if
1: I've ever had those.
2: The way I do it is I take a squirrel, and you have to have about seven to really make enough. Yeah. And I'll put them in an Instapot, Uh and I will tenderize them down where they fall off that bone. Lord. And then you just... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I swear, I'm starving to death. <laughs> I, swear. I know everybody on this, I'm on, listening to this, uh, when it when it's uploaded, their mouth's going to be watering the whole time. Yeah. That's, well,
2: I mean, you just, you have to be creative in doing things. I mean, you can eat off the land if you want to. And yeah, you can. And dumplings is really good.
1: I don't know if I've ever had them. I may have when my mamma was still around, you know, when she was living and stuff, but I can't remember. Exactly, if I have or not, but boy, they sound good. So I love squirrel.
2: Yeah. Well, when the season comes in this year, I'll have y'all come up needle with.
1: Well, us, you sure don't forget.
3: forget. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah I, don't, I mean, yeah, and like, uh, we, i grew up on like you know, like say on a dairy farm, so we ate deer, we ate uh, even groundhog.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah. And
2: turtles and things like that and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and it is such a different way of eating off the land that. Food takes on a whole different meaning. To it absolutely
1: it. does. You know, yeah. and
2: when uh, it's like raising a calf or a pig or chickens on your farm and knowing that, well, they've picked that grass here, that water's clean, they've not got hormones, they've not got rail grower in them to make mm-hmm. them grow quick. You know, they're not in a processed chicken box, what I call it, you know, yeah. that you see in the south, the farms and mm-hmm. houses in the south and stuff like that. <coughs> Their meat are much cleaner, they're better. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, even now studies are showing like raw cow's milk, yeah. which my husband doesn't like me to say the word raw. It's, yeah. it's real. But, you know, <laughs> most people outside of the country would say raw milk. But yeah. the studies have shown now that. Cow milk, fresh cow milk
3: uh-huh.
2: that's not been homogenized It's pasteurized like that is better and healthier for you because it has still has the nutrients in it that your body needs.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just clean raw milk.
2: Yeah, it's just clean fresh milk. And when I milk my cow, what I do is I just run it through cheesecloth and I clean the milk to make sure there's nothing in it. Yeah. You know, no fine hairs from the cow or anything like yeah, yeah. that. And, and clean that milk <coughs> and, and stuff. And then, you know, I have a certain jar that I put. It in So all the cream and the milk is all in one jar, and when then I can pull all the milk off over from the bottom, and it leaves the cream on the top, mm-hmm. and then that gets transferred to a cream jar.
1: Yeah,
2: wow. You know, there's a whole process of doing any of it. I I've dried my herbs uh, and things like that. I use them. One of the new things that I'm going to be working on with my friend Nancy is doing tinctures, which oh, is yeah. using the lavender and stuff like that. And I think we're going to be doing <clears throat> a gap roots apothecary okay so uh that's another little venture that we're going to be doing and stuff like that just to show uh you know that you can use which hazel that's grown lavender that's grown sassafras that's gone and and trying to things that's taken that's unique in our county yeah and using them for the medicinal and healing purposes of yeah
1: my wife is big into that right there she does she's she I, i mean i don't know nothing about them but, uh, like, when we get sick or something like that, she uses stuff from the ground mm-hmm. to make us feel better. She's real big on, on tinctures and stuff like that. And she uses, uh, what's it called? Lord. She'll, uh, food grade iodine and, st- and things like that for, like, uh, runny noses mm-hmm. or sore throats, she'll rub a little of that food grade iodine on my boy's throats. It'll be gone in the morning. It's amazing. It's true. You know, <clears throat> zinc, I think she uses zinc for, yeah. for different things and stuff. And if if there is something out there that she can do to treat an illness that we've got, we use just natural things, you know, right. versus off-the-shelf medicines and stuff.
2: Right. I mean, I, I never realized that iodine, how important it plays a role in For mental health too. Yeah. Like the vitamin D and stuff Mm -hmm. that they have, and putting iodine in it helps mental health. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I figured that out is because I had a a vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. And I said, Why am I tired all the time? Why am I in a mental fog? was because I was so deficit on it. Mm -hmm. So when I started upping that and then adding, dye salt back into my mm-hmm. uh, diet and stuff like that. I feel a whole lot better.
1: Yeah, she rubbed iodine on my arm. I think one time, and I was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm going to check your, uh, see if your iodine deficient or something." Other, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, if it's gone in the morning, your your body is deficient in that and stuff." You know, I, I think that's what she said. She'll, yeah. I may be wrong, but there's. A lot of home remedies out there that you can make just living off the land. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, you know. I'm a firm believer, in God gave us everything we need to take care of ourselves.
2: Oh, I agree with that. I, I believe that every illness that's out there, God has designed something to cure it with. You know, yeah. but now I'm not talking about man-made illnesses.
1: No, I ain't you know? either. I'm but not but either. things
2: like we come across some viruses, common colds, and and like pneumonias and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody said, "Well." Cold will give you pneumonia. No, cold doesn't give you pneumonia. Viruses and bacteria give you pneumonia. But there's healing prophecy We were just talking about at his mother's about you know how they used to take uh, turpentine. They'd take onions and they made this poultice and they they'd take this piece of flannel and lay on your chest. Yeah, my wife does that. You know, Mm -hmm. and and things like that. Those are the things that if you think about the world that we live in today, Mm -hmm. those are the things that the mountain people have advantage over when yeah. it comes to people living in the cities. Is because oh, yeah. we know how to heal. Uh-huh. We know how to find food. Yeah. We know how to build shelter yeah. and things like that. So we're really far ahead of those things. We'll survive far longer and better. I believe so. You know, <laughs> and uh, just like my father-in-law is 92 years old. He really don't have a whole lot of health issues. Yeah. You know, and it's because... My mother-in-law has fed him well. He's ate well, and he's not ate a whole lot of processed foods and eaten out and things like that. So he's just done amazing.
1: Somebody was telling me about him the other day. It may have been Eric. Was he up there recently talking to him? And he told me, he said, that guy is as sharp as a tack. He he, He He was telling me about him. I'm like, he loved talking to that guy.
2: Yeah, Uh, you know, my father-in-law is a social person, and due to just being 92, you -hmm. don't get out as much. And I think that it's healthy for him when people stop by and visit him. So, yeah, when you come by that way, we'll go up there and sit and talk to him and stuff like that, just so that you can meet and converse with him, learn about those stories. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were in Estill County. Uh, I was learning to cultivate with mules. Yeah. So we do all kinds of things and stuff like that. But well, I tell you what, we'd enough. love
1: to have him on the podcast to immortalize his stories. <laughs> yeah, that'd
0: be well, awesome.
2: <laughs>
1: well,
0: that's
2: something Diane will have to work on. We'll see what we can do. Uh, he, I don't. I'm thinking he'll very he'll hear very well. I don't know if he'd understand, but yeah. he certainly were. <clears throat> Having the stories told, even Rick and Diane can tell us stories of growing up and and learning those things and stuff like that. People like that that have lived through the Depression, lived through the the era when there wasn't much and you had to scramble to get by, when we had coal mines in this area and things like that. When people walked, when Gap had two or three gas stations, a movie theater, restaurants, and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, Mm -hmm. they need to remember about those times. Yeah. They need to remember about how small communities survived so much better than cities because yep. everybody knew each other they looked after each other they helped one another when a crop come in they all went together and stuff when <clears> a woman birthed a child you know they all went in together and things like that but i mean we don't need to forget any of those things Absolutely. and we need to invest in our youth and learning those things
1: you know? i want to i want to say this real quick any anything and everything that we have talked about here on this podcast today would not be possible without people like sergeant smith
2: i I want to reference
1: that real quick everything that we've talked about here is because of what you've done and all other veterans that served in our military thank you very much
3: well thank you i appreciate that and i'll I'll accept that on uh, behalf of all the other people that have served yeah thanks to everybody every
1: one of you you that's that's awesome people take for granted i feel like and pretty much every, I'm guilty of it too pretty much you know people take for granted everything they do in their daily life and it's because of our, our veterans that go over here and fight these wars and stuff like that and they enlist and not knowing what they're going to face you know just hoping for the best pretty much on a whim so I think it's very important to, to recognize uh, all our veterans and, and understand that everything that we've talked about here is available to us because of those people
2: that's right i mean uh we wouldn't have freedom without our veterans absolutely and 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 doing the sacrifices they do and and not just anybody can be a soldier or a veteran no we can't it takes a special skill skill set i don't think that i have i don't have the patience for it but knowing the stories that diane has told me about things that she's done and stuff like that uh i would have be too afraid to do and she did it without even a thought
1: and you got out and went back, yes. you know, well. <laughs> so that's, right there's a true testament to your, to, to you as a human.
3: Well, you know, the, that's, a, that's, that's a testimony to my Appalachian roots so and yeah. being from here, being from here, um, living here my whole life and, uh, uh as my mother says, my well, mother always says she ain't, she said that ain't no quitting in my in mother. No, yeah. mother. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no, quitters, there ain't she no says, quitter. Yeah. There ain't no quitter. Ain't no quitting us. And yeah. that's, and, uh, and I told him I said I think it was just too dumb to figure out I could quit it sometimes, ah. so I just never did. <laughs> yeah. so. and, and and one thing about Diane is is that
2: if the army called her today and said Sergeant Smith, we need <laughs> you to come back and serve because we have this, we need you. Yeah, without. A <clears> second's notice, her bag would be packed and she'd be at the airport, gone. I
1: I, I can I can yeah I In believe a, that very easily. Yeah, and yeah. she
2: she uh, holds very dear to her heart. You can see the bracelet that's on her wrist Yes. for someone yes. that she's lost. Uh, she never forgets. Mm. You know and. Uh, hopefully this fall, one of the things we'll get to do is go to our Washington, D.C. Uh, with uh, Rick Atkins and yeah. hopefully go behind the scenes and, and look at some things and stuff and uh, really show uh, the things that the military is important about that we don't see outside, look at some of the memorials, look, memorials, look at some of the museums and things like that, but mm-hmm. get a chance to see what the impact that her life the life of soldiers veterans has yeah. that makes these laws even possible that the freedom's awesome. even possible
1: yeah i think for most uh just common citizen when you think of a military uh, a person in the military military personnel you think well they got in the army they went to training and they went overseas you know, and of course, there's. They think of the fighting and the death mm-hmm. and the the chaos and stuff like that, but they really don't see the parts of what I think you're talking about, which yeah. is the build up and the lead up to all that and the after action that comes after coming back from deployment and stuff like yeah. that. There's so much more goes into it than what I mentioned a second ago. You know, and uh, that would be great for people to be able to see that.
2: Yeah, and and one thing too is that uh, people. Don't realize. I seen it firsthand with when Diane, when she first come back home to Kentucky, is that <clears throat> so many times they have soldiers that's out on missions. I, you know, I think about Matt Green and Sue mm-hmm. I'm talking about yes. who yeah. was put in a such a situation that I can't even fathom.
3: Yeah.
2: And then when he gets out of the military, you're supposed to be a citizen. You're not a soldier anymore. You're a citizen. And to not become an alcoholic, not to become suicidal and stuff. It takes great courage to overcome those statistics Mm -hmm. and then to be able to surround yourself with people and say, okay, I need help. I have anger issues, I need help, Uh, where can I go? So it's like I say, it's working with those people, uh, giving them a place of peace, giving them a place of serenity, a place of comfort, a good meal, a place to lay their head, and a place that they can talk about anything mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah. I can't understand but Diane can understand yeah. um, there's other veterans that come through whether you've been a cook in the Navy or you've been a Navy SEAL or a sniper they all got different stories but that understanding that understanding of being a soldier of being in the military and and I say specifically a soldier is because that mindset that training That breaking down to become what they need you to become to give us all these freedoms is, you know, it's it's hard to do. It's a big feat to overcome. And then you've got to come back here and pretend none of this ever existed. Well, we need to fix that for them. We need Mm -hmm. to fix and praise them and give them everything that we can. And like I say, we can always feed them. We can always sit down and talk to them. Uh, We need to find ways to... Uh, help their health care system because that's my biggest beef is that their health care system is horrible for any veterans yeah. they're just horrible they can't i mean i've seen it with struggle and struggle again when diane needs things done and she has to go to the va i mean we can do a lot better for them oh absolutely. we can do so much better well you for can't
1: like i said you can't never do enough there's always room for improvement when you think of now given i do my I'll, what i know of this is only what i've been told i have no first hand experience at this but you know when you enlist in the military whatever branch it may be and you go to training i've been told that it's a physical and mental mental breakdown and rebuild yes. into what they need mm-hmm. you and want you to be would you agree with that
3: yeah Oh, yes that's that's absolutely true i uh, my last assignment before i got out of the army the last time uh, i worked with the soldiers after they finished basic training and but now they're doing their training for their job for their MOS. And uh, and we were talking about what has to happen and I said, what you have to understand, you come in, you come in off the street, any one of us coming off the street, go into the military. Yeah. We have eight to ten weeks to get you through basic training to take you from your default setting as a civilian to a default setting as a military person. Completely different. Instead of Is that punk- the
1: verbiage they use, the default setting?
3: Yeah, yeah that's, yeah,
1: that's 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 kind of I just and, picked up on that. That's, and you so it's me. It means something. And you've yeah. got
3: and so so that <clears throat> that is a hard thing to do. And that's why they take everything away for the first few, few weeks of bait and you earn everything back. And you you change your vocabulary. You yeah. change how you walk. You, yeah. Everything. And and it's because you know it's a life and death. We are always training for a life and death mission. A life and death. We have to. We always have to understand that. Mm-hmm. Thankfully ninety eight percent of the time it's never going to be that, but you must always train that way so that that kicks in when you need it to be the case. Yeah. And so uh, so you go through all of that, and then you come back, and then the longer you stay in, the more things you do, the more you're entrenched in that. And just like we we're talking about, you know about, about, about one guy that comes, uh, and for me, I have i'm I'm glad I had the breaks as crazy as it was. Because I went back into the civilian world for quite a long time, came back, went back in. And when you come out, every time the longer you stay, the harder it is. In the military, we live a lot of our lives putting things in boxes. Yeah. You put it in a box, and I I'll, can I'll deal with it later because I can't deal with it now. You have a mission. You have whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. After a while, you have a whole lot of boxes with a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. You come out, um, we don't unpack those boxes. Yeah. And so, some of them we don't need to. Some of that—that that is the reality. But, but that situation of coming back out, it is a, it is a transition. Mm-hmm. And I will say, and I will, you know, when I came out in two thousand uh, twenty sixteen, um, I was adrift. I didn't know what to. I mean, I had been Sergeant Smith off and on for such a long time. Who I didn't even know who I was anymore. Sometimes. Wow. And so Linda was. Um, just starting to the cafe down in Berea, and uh, and I got really involved with that, and that I will say that probably that saved me and salvaged me in so many ways because it gave me something to be committed to, and 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 you know she was always involving me in all these things, and so mm-hmm. I was I had the benefit of that and family and all those things to help me transition. Yeah, but it uh, so because it's hard no matter what, and I would you know so people it's hard to explain what that is to, uh, and but that part that military mindset is always a part of it so it'll never go away yeah and that's just that's just a, that Used to have a couple of people and they had may have been out in vietnam whatever however long and you come into that room and you call that room to attention you give them that drill sergeant that sergeant voice yeah you will see them, I don't care how old, I don't care whatever. They snap to immediately. Absolutely. It's just it's that, that reflex that was yeah. part of our lives. So. Yeah. We're just a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I still see
2: things with uh, <clears throat> Diane. Uh, she's a lot better than when she first came out because there is that, that transition yeah. and things like that. But I always safeguarded her. I didn't put her anywhere that I thought would... Uh, exciter or upset her we did (laughs) fireworks yeah fireworks we did go to a see a presidential thing one time and it got kind of scary but we got out of it yeah but uh i try to make sure that i'm aware of what's around her even Mm -hmm. seven years now yeah uh, when she's with me uh just a while ago, we were somewhere, and I told her, come over here with me, because I'm w- aware, because what they don't realize is if she snaps, yeah. then we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> Absolutely. So you want to keep them calm. I'll keep them calm. <laughs> and, and it's just like, she just looks me right in the eye and says, get over here. Yeah. So, because... Uh, that person doesn't want her to snap yeah because no good's going to come out of yeah. it and stuff like that they're used to you know me i am no big deal if i snap but if she snaps it's a whole different snap yeah
1: it's a that's a totally different person've right. i've seen people come that's been that's been in the military and come out i've seen them go into that that mode it's not a good thing yeah
2: no. so <laughs> I, I mean i watch i'm i'm always aware when she's with me what's going on around her yeah that's and, and stuff good. like that. and i'm very protective over her and stuff like that i won't you know, I dare not let anybody ever disrespect <laughs> her and stuff like that, but Absolutely I'm, I'm not. just really uh, funny about things and stuff like that, but I'm like that with all the veterans that, that come to my house and yeah. stuff like that. You know, uh, I make sure that I put volunteers and people around them that are respectful of the military and show peace and kindness and gratitude towards yeah. them and stuff like that. But. I'm hoping as the years go and God blesses us, we'll continue to grow with this. Uh,
1: I'm sure you will. you know, I'm sure you will.
2: We certainly thank you for letting us be here tonight and, Oh and this has been that uh, we definitely this has been an honor. You know, well, it's been an honor for us too. And, and like I say, we look forward to coming back and really eating and then really talking about it. Yeah, I'll
1: be sitting here stuff. doing this. And y'all be talking.
2: <laughs> you just <laughs> hear no, the
1: clacking of the silverware. Seriously, <laughs> uh, 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 anytime I can meet meet new people, which I've done you and I spoke yeah. to you before, and you yes. give me cigars, which I love cigars and stuff, but anytime I can talk, sit down, and meet people and talk with them and meet uh, 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 um, a member of our military yeah. and, and honor them in some small way, uh, it's 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 an honor. And I really appreciate the opportunity. So thank you all for coming by.
3: Yeah, We thank you for having us, Dan. Yes, appreciate that. Thank I appreciate you very much. It. And uh, just a reminder that uh, we're talking about Fourth of July coming up. Yeah. That's saying that freedom ain't free. Freedom is not free. No,
1: it is it's not. It is not. That's yeah. what's up, world. Thank you all.